0: 2023 it's amazing how time flies i'm still trying to figure out 2022's new year's resolutions <laughs> i just pass them on to the next year but it's amazing how time does fly and we we see god sometimes working in such incremental small ways that you don't actually appreciate the journey Sometimes the changes are so small and so subtle and it's brick by brick that you actually don't really fully appreciate where you were and where you are now and the work that God has done. God is not in a rush. Yes, He's absolutely a God of suddenlies, but God likes to build sustainably. God likes to build in a way where it's sure and certain. He doesn't want to leave you susceptible and vulnerable and compromised, He wants to take his time because he loves you. He wants to take his time because he wants to use you. He wants to take his time because he has a plan and purpose for your life. And there's no better example of that than his son Jesus. Jesus lived for 30 years doing largely nothing, or at least nothing substantial. And in three years, walking and working in God's perfect will and plan for his life, he was able to change the course of humanity. Change the course of eternity. And one thing that I would like to just discuss today with us is every now and then just to press pause, because we're chasing things. It's always the next thing. It's, you know, before we know it again, we're going to be at the next conference, the next gathering, the next big thing. And sometimes just taking a moment to press pause and looking back over your shoulder to see what God has done. I was talking to Lucas earlier, and... He's sitting at the back then, I genuinely don't know many people that are just a better human being than you. I watch your children and they're so full of Jesus. And it's obviously all to do with Annie, but you married well. (laughs) You married so well, Lucas. Well married, my good and faithful servant. Well married. But he's such an incredible man of God and we're just talking about the year that he's had and it's been so many unpredictable, unexpected, crazy things, but yet... In God's faithfulness, yeah, and Annie are with all their children, all their children loving Jesus, healthy, and God's still working. You know, I was thinking about Jacques the other day. Jacques, can we give Jacques a round of applause? Jacques, stand up quickly for us, man. <laughs> and I, I don't know if there are many people I know that have been through a bigger transformative process in every possible way, literally physically. Emotionally, spiritually, than you this year. Profesh every way. And it's been unbelievable. Here you are with your beautiful girls and your beautiful wife. And sometimes just pressing pause and just going, look at the journey. You know, David writes and says in Psalm 100 Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The Lord is good, and his love endures forever and ever and ever. And in a sense, his love is forever increasing. And I I, I say this. And I want you to hear me. The reason it's increasing is because our understanding of it is increasing. Our revelation and knowing of it is increasing. His love is eternal and infinite. It's from, from, from before time began. It's been the expanse of the universe. But day by day, brick by brick, step by step, He's bringing us into a greater revelation of His love for us. So from our perspective, it's an ever-increasing, ever-enduring love, ever-persevering love, ever-faithful love. And it goes on to say, and this is one of my favorite parts, it continues through all generations. So Conroy, you sitting here, you've got two amazing boys. You only your two boys, hey? And they're incredible boys. And you're going to see His faithfulness in your sons. And you're going to see them His faithfulness in their children, in their children, because that's the promise that God has. An ever-enduring love that goes from generation to generation to generation. I look at Candace and Andre and the journey you guys have been on. And yet, God is so faithful. You sometimes in the storm and you feel like you're in the battlefield and you don't know where to turn or what to do. You're so overwhelmed. And yet, day after day, I think of my own life. How many times I've got into a situation, I thought, this is it, this is the end. I, I married well. I married well. I did marry well. I did. Oh, I did. You're right. But how often have we been in a situation in life where either financially or health or relationally or even emotionally where you feel, God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I know for myself personally, there have been numerous occasions, even with myself and my wife, would sit and go, God, I don't know. This is it. It's done. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And yet still, here we are today because His faithfulness continues through all generations. Another translation puts it this way. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and He is famous for His faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for He keeps His promises to every generation. And here David is describing the nature of God. He's letting you know He is kind, He is good, He is loving, He is faithful. David, in an inferior covenant before Jesus had come, was already trying to redeem the reputation of his father. Because up until then, the world had told us God is angry and distant and disconnected. But David comes and says, no, I've looked into his eyes and I see nothing but goodness, nothing but kindness, nothing but mercy. I've been held by his hands and I know he is faithful. And David's revealing the nature of God to us here. David writes and speaks about his nature and tells us how he is good. But David actually goes one step further. He tells us of His nature and His goodness. But He also tells us how to access it. He says we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Here we find David, one of the most beautiful, profound worshippers of all time, one of the most incredible men of God that has ever walked the face of the earth, known for his heart after God, known for the way he worships. Here David is giving us a key how to enter his gates, how to come into his courts, how to come closer to God and access places in him that were previously inaccessible. David, the man that God looks at and says, a man after my own heart, he's saying, come a bit closer. He has the key. And it's called thanksgiving. He has the key, and it's called praise. In fact, Paul writes in the New Testament and he writes in 1 Thessalonians 518 and he says Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God, what is your plan for my life? God, what is your will? What is your purpose? For you to give thanks at all times, in all ways, for you to position yourself in a way where gratitude flows out of you, where your response is, thank you, Father. Thank you, because I've seen your nature, I can trust your ways. Because I know your nature, I can trust your ways. And David reveals the nature of God. Therefore, we can trust the way he works because we know he is good. And Paul writes and says, give thanks at all times. This is the will of God. And it's not often that these absolute statements are made like this in the Bible. Often the Bible, is talking to Dan Matthews. Is he here? I was talking to him last night. We were talking about how Paul so often uses the word mystery in all of his epistles. Paul, the most profound, one of the most learned scholars and theologians that's ever existed. There were just things he couldn't understand, and he was so comfortable going, the mystery of the ages, the mystery of the... There were things that were just beyond him, and he would yield to mystery. And I was chatting to Dan last night, and we were talking about the, the Word of God and how sometimes God moves in gray more than He does in black and white. But here, Paul says something absolutely and totally, and he says the will of God for your life is to be found giving thanks in all times, in all circumstances, in all situations. When you're going through a storm thanking God, because you know His nature, and because you know His nature, you know that ultimately this will be for your good. So we thank Him at all times. And Paul says this is the perfect world. Paul emphasizes this point even more. And one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture can be found in Philippians 4 verse 6. And I love this. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, Paul paints this picture. It's profound. He says, Do not be anxious. Anxiety is the stress, the worry, the fear, the pressure, all these emotional turmoils that we fee- feel when our hearts and minds are being overwhelmed and attacked by the enemy. Who has felt anxious recently? Be honest, hand up. Don't be shy. And that fear grips you, and it's like a snowball. Before you know it, it g- gains momentum. And Paul says, be anxious for nothing. And he says on this side, and the peace of God which transcends understanding will guard your heart and mind. Here we have a heart and mind troubled by anxiety, troubled by fear, troubled by worry, haunted by the pressures of the world. So many of us have been in this place of depression and distress and hopelessness, anxiety. But Paul says on this side, There's a peace that surpasses understanding. There's a peace that looks at every situation and trusts God. There's a peace that guards your heart and minds in a way that cannot be affected by the things in the world because inwardly there's a peace. And this peace, the word that is used, the Greek word that is used there, I've got a Greek friend at the back, but he's not very good at Greek. My father-in-law's Greek, but he doesn't know Jesus, so that's okay. Barely a Christian, I'm teasing. Um, The Greek word for peace, it's not just Absence of conflict, it actually means blessing, prosperity, wholeness, fullness, safety, charity, welfare. It's this absolute and total peace in your life where everything is living according to the plan and will of God and is living in the fullness of what God has for you. So we have this peace here that surpasses and transcends human logic and understanding. We have this anxiety here That is crippling us and keeping us on the rat race and the the hamster wheel of life and stress and religion. And what does David say? Come into my gates with thanksgiving. What does Paul say? Pray with thanksgiving. And we see we come to him with thanksgiving and the gate opens, we enter peace. On this side of thanksgiving, we're in turmoil and distress. Never enough money, never enough time. I'm never enough for God. Lack in every area of my life. But when I turn and come to the gate with thanksgiving, I enter into the peace that God has for me that surpasses and transcends all understanding. There's a peace that God has for you and your family and your household And that is not just an inward peace, that is a peace that manifests itself in the world around you. Because God has ultimately placed the Spirit of God in you that is a living water that brings life and abundance and prosperity everywhere you go. I've got a beautiful teacher friend there who teaches on Jeremiah 17 and Psalm 1 and he talks about the tree planted by the water that is ever prosperous, ever blessed, that has its leaf in every season, grows fruit in every season. God wants to see you walking in abundance of what He has and the fullness of what He has for you. He's come to give life and life abundantly, but that is on the other side of thanksgiving. We're stuck in anxiety because we haven't come to give thanks in all situations at all times and open up the gate to enter enter in abundantly. There's an abundant place that He has for you, and the key David gives us is thanksgiving. I always like to take it a step further just in case you're not convinced yet. There's a man I want to tell you about. His name is Jesus. Luke 17, I'll put it up there. We'll read it together. Jesus, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, ten of them, went and were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. We see this incredible story of Jesus. And he sees these ten leopards and they call out to him, heal us, and he heals all ten. And he he says to all ten, go, Walk to the priests. And that's an encouragement I'm going to add in there for you. Sometimes your breakthrough is in the walking. Sometimes it's in the walking out and not the sitting and the waiting. Sometimes Jesus says walk to the priests. Go to the priests and while you're walking, I will heal you. There's a time when we've got to begin to walk out our dreams. However scary that might be, whatever it looks like. We've got to start taking steps to what we believe. God has placed inside of us. And so we see these 10 lepers walking, and as they're walking, they begin to become healed. Nine of them, so excited about their healing, so excited about the new opportunities and the life before them, carry on walking to go to the priest for confirmation. But there's one, and he's a Samaritan. Do you know what that means? He doesn't know any better. And some of us are so puffed up with theology, so puffed up with knowledge, so puffed up that we take a seat of entitlement and we get healed and we get blessed and we get breakthrough. We just carry on walking because I'm entitled to this. But there was one little Samaritan man. He didn't know any better. He didn't know the right protocol thing was to go to the priest. He was so excited by what God had done that he turns and runs back to Jesus. And he finds Jesus and Jesus looks at him and says, but weren't there 10 of you? Why has only one returned? And Jesus looks at him and says, rise, your faith has made you whole. The word there for well is the word sozo. It's a Greek word. When Jesus says, uh, you. so think about this, he's walked now, he's been healed, completely healed, he returns to Jesus, falls at his feet, and Jesus says, rise up, your faith has made you well. You see, nine of the ten moved forward in healing, but only one returned and got wholeness. Nine of the ten continued and were healed, their bodies no longer afflicted, disease gone. But one returned and took a posture of thanksgiving. Jesus looks at him and says, rise, you've been made whole, you've been saved, you've been set free. The work of thanksgiving done in you has has changed the course of your life. He looks and says, you've been sozoed. Nine were healed of leprosy. One was made whole in such a way that the course of his life was changed. One was made whole in such a way that there was no brokenness. There was no crack. There was nothing left at any layer of him. He rose up in the fullness of what God has for him. Some of us are having breakthrough and we're experiencing beautiful things. But the wholeness and the fullness of what God has for you, maybe press pause, turn back fall at the feet and take a posture and position of thanksgiving. I'm going to ask my mom to sing us a song. And we could go on and say, 2023, like the, like, like the nine lepers, 2023 is going to be amazing and great, and yes, it will be. Or we could be like the one here now and go, Pause. I'm going to go find his feet again. I'm going to go say thank you for what you've done. I'm going to go throw myself at the feet of Jesus and say thank you for what you've done because I don't want to just be healed. I want to be whole. I don't want to be in anxiety and stress. I want to walk in the peace and the fullness of what he has for me. And there's a gateway called thanksgiving. I was chatting to Myrmus earlier. And the, the word there for gateway, the Hebrew word, actually means portal. There's a portal that is opened called thanksgiving. Where you're able to go into a different realm and a different place of existence. By taking the posture of honor. You see love, the fruit of love. When you love someone, the fruit is honor. And when you honor someone, there's always thanksgiving. And whenever there's thanksgiving, there's always a gift. Jesus, in in the greatest display of love, God sent His Son and says, Here's the gift. I too have been guilty, as I stand here, of being like the nine lepers. I've been blessed. I've been given breakthrough. God's done a great work in my life, but I've carried on walking, chasing and pursuing what is next. And I want to encourage you. Before we go into 2023, stop, turn, and come find the one who is faithful. Come find the feet of the one who is faithful. Come find the one who is good, who is kind. Who David says his love endures forever, and his faithfulness goes from generation to generation. You want to see your kids filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to see their kids filled with the Holy Spirit. Come to Him with thanksgiving. That's the best gift.